Now, here's Mike Postlewaite with a summary of the Management by Strengths program. Okay, the following is going to be a review of the MBS course that you've uh, participated in to help strengthen your skills. And we found that by reviewing this material, that uh, the more times you hear actually the description and a review of the profile report, the easier it is to pick up the nuances and the subtleties of what you're, what you're learning. We believe that the quality of the relationships that you have with people has a great deal to do with your ability to accomplish things. Now, basically, we, we think that people have two types of relationships. One is where they're just simply putting up with people, and other is where they actually can agree. So in your life right now, there's people you're just putting up with, others that you actually agree with. And there's probably some people that feel the same way with you. Now, depending on whether you can get into agreement depends on how much uh, effect you can have in accomplishing things with another person. Creativity has a lot to do with getting into agreement. Listening is the foundation. And what we mean by that is our willingness to tune into the other person and to hear them their way rather than just hearing them our own way. What then will happen when we do that is that we'll begin to communicate better, develop better levels of understanding, and that leads towards trust, which is the high point in any relationship. Now, in order to trust someone, you have to feel comfortable with them. And that has a lot to do with really just understanding them, and that's what the profile report helps us do. Not just understand ourselves, but understand those that we work with. If you'll take your profile report, uh, I'm going to rough, go through the, the graphics at the top of the report briefly, and then we're going to review the four traits. On the profile report, the self-profile, you'll see the letters D, E, P, and S. They're standing for the temperament traits that you that we've studied. D for directness, E for extroversion, P for pace, and S for structure. That's what they mean when they're above the center line. Now, when they're below the center line, they have a different meaning. Still positive, but just a different meaning. D below the line means that you're a person that doesn't like people coming on real strong. You're non-threatening. E below the line means that you're more of a private person, more introverted. P below the line means you're urgent, you tend to rush, and you tend to hurry. And S below the line means that you're flexible and non-structured and you like to delegate some of the details. The information above the line and below the line are positive. It's just that the information above the line has more effect on the way we express ourselves, particularly the dominant trait, which will be the trait that's highest in the grid. And that's where we get the color code. As you'll recall, there's four different colors reminding us of the dominant temperament trait that the person has. D for directness, we'll see red. E for extroversion, we'll see green. P for pace, we'll see blue. And S for structure, we'll see yellow or gold. Now, the size of the profile means something, too. The further the traits go away from the center line, the more intense they, they tend to be expressed. So when you look at someone's profile that tends to take up a lot of room in the grid, that person often expresses their temperament in a very vivid way. It's very easy to recognize their, their style. When the traits are closer to the line, the person expresses their temperament more subtly, and sometimes they're a little harder to figure out. And there the value of the profile report is because when you can actually see their graph, you can see what their dominant trait is, and you'll know the correct way to approach them. Now, next to the column, uh, next to the self-grid, you'll see the column L, and in that L column, the L stands for logic. If it's below the center line, it means that your intuition and feelings are supportive as you're making a decision. You need to feel good about what you're deciding. L above the line, you have a tendency to go more by the facts of what you're considering, and either way works and either way is right. Now, the L information is kind of extra information. We don't weigh it the same as the self-information. We say that the L information is about two bits worth, where the self-information is four billion bits worth. So it's extremely important to understand how someone's listening to us, and that's what the self-information is telling us. Now, in the center, it's showing us how you're adjusting your temperament. One of the unique things about us as people is that we can adjust our temperament. The rest of life, while having temperament, doesn't adjust it. Animals, we see, have different temperament traits, but they're not adjusting their traits. But we as people can do that in order to achieve things. And that's the reason we're adjusting our traits to get things accomplished. 
We're not changing our temperament. We're just moving it around in a sense as we try to get things done. If the D trait is going down the column, it means that you're being less direct as you're trying to approach things. You're not coming on quite as strong as you might naturally come on. If the D trait is going up, you're being more assertive. You're taking more charge of things. If the E trait is going down, you're getting off by yourself and reflecting on things more, while if it's going up, you're being more outgoing and being more talkative. If the pace trait's going down, you're becoming more urgent and more hurried as you try to achieve things. If the pace trait's going up, you're trying to pace yourself and hang in there as you try to accomplish things. If the structure trait's going up, you're paying more attention to details, going more by the system. But if it's going down, you're being more flexible. Now, we're making different adjustments all the time, depending on what we're trying to do. So the adjustments that you're looking at on your profile report is just one point in time. Actually, it's been observed that it comes from your mind going back about six weeks prior to filling out the survey. Now, next to the adjustment grid, you'll see the C column. And that C represents three different things, critical, comfortable, and concern. If the C is in the center range, and on your profile report, you'll have a shaded area, that means that recently you felt comfortable you were achieving your goals. If the C is going down the column, it's reflecting concern that certain things you were trying to accomplish were not happening, which caused you to have concern, which would cause your energy to burn a lot faster than normal. If your C is on the high side, you're finding yourself being uh, more critical of yourself, being kind of tough on yourself. So it's important, if possible, if we can be comfortable. And what causes us often to be comfortable is whether we are in control of our temperament. Either we control our temperament or it controls us. And when a person's out of control of their temperament trait, one way to measure that is just by the anger in your life, it causes a great deal of stress for us. So understanding the people we work with sometimes affords us the opportunity to, to be more comfortable with them so we're not distracted by their style. Now, the role is simply a result of the first two grids. When we adjust our temperament, we come across to others a little different than we are. So the role graph may be a little different than your self-graph because on the job or in your environments, you find yourself acting and coming across differently than you naturally are in order to, again, to achieve things. The column next to the role is the energy level. If your number is above 250, it's above average, which means you have plenty of charge in your battery, in a sense, to do whatever you need to do. The highest it'll measure is 480. And the lowest we've ever seen is 164. Higher really doesn't mean better. It just means higher means that the more energy you have to go to do what you need to do before you need rest. Once your energy burns up, sleep is one way of recovering it. Most people have above average energy that we, we notice and work with in, in industry. But the thing is, a lot of times they can't get to it. And you're not able to get to your energy if you've got a lot of concern in your life. And it often has to do with the type of relationships you have with others. So by improving the quality of the relationships you have, sometimes you'll find your energies freed up. Now, in order to understand what the temperament traits are, are meaning, you need to first review the description on directness. You'll recall some of the things we mean by the high D person. The focus in this temperament is results and control. We use the red color code for this temperament because these people tend to come on strong at times as they try to achieve their results. They're not trying to turn people off, but sometimes in their candor, people misunderstand it for criticism. This is kind of ironic because the last thing the person wants to do if it has this D trait is to get us in a position we won't listen to them or agree with them because they're trying to solve problems and get things accomplished. What this person appreciates from us if we'll just get to the point with them. When we get to the point with them, they find it easier to listen to us. If we don't get to the point with them, sometimes they're wondering, sometimes if you, even if we're even telling them the truth. The direct person is a person that uh, we must earn their respect. Now, what causes them to respect us is when they know we're very result-oriented, and that has, again, a lot to do with the way we communicate with them. If you have a high-D child in your family, 
one of the ways you'll observe that child as being having this temperament is they, they're very independent, and sometimes it's hard to tell them how to do things. Actually, direct people do not like us telling them how to do things. They want us to make suggestions towards getting some result and then giving them the freedom, the opportunity to make some choices to get things done. So in dealing with a high-D child, if you'll give them suggestions and get, so they can get their results, it's a lot easier. And you need to tie your suggestion to their result. If you're just talking yard, 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 when you're wanting your teenager to cut the yard and not tying it to something that's important, then it's harder for them to get motivated. If you go yard, car, yard, car, something clicks often in their mind, and you're not bribing them, you're just talking about return on investment, and the direct person, child, or adult understands that quickly. Again, the focus of the direct person was results and control. And the style of communication that the high-D person appreciates us is when we just simply get to the point with them. And they can come across critical to us, but we don't want to be distracted by that because they're just often just stating their opinion. And the way you recognize this person is in a number of ways. Sometimes just their body language will give away this temperament. These people often walk in a very confident way. They often have a very serious face. It's not that they're upset. It's just they've got something on their mind preoccupying them, something they have to do. Their handshake is often firm. Their eye contact is right in our face. And usually the tone of their voice is rather businesslike. Now, the best way to get into agreement with this, with the high-D person is just, well, get to the point, tie it to their results, and give them some options. Now, we're going to review the E trait. This is the extrovert. Now, the extrovert, the color code is green, which means they're optimistic and outgoing in their style, and green kind of stands for on the go. These people focus on people. They're very talkative. They like to work with people. At first, though, when you first meet them, they're a little hard to identify as extroverts because they're often quiet at first because they're not going to open up until they feel that we care and that we like them. The extrovert likes others and wants to be liked in return. Now, one of the ways the extrovert will realize that you care is if you're willing to talk and interact with them. And they are naturally talkative people once they're comfortable. This is actually the way they're most creative. It's when they can bounce ideas off you. It's called eclectic. They'll take your idea and add to it. The extrovert typically adds the PS to what you say. One of the ways sometimes they're misunderstood is by the fact they'll laugh sometimes under pressure. It sounds like they're not interested in solving the problem when they often they are interested. And don't, don't be distracted by that or distracted even by their sadistic sense of humor, which is the zingers. You get two extroverts together, they're going to be going zing, zing back and forth. And sometimes a private person can walk into the middle of this and, and be distracted or actually have their feelings hurt when the extrovert didn't mean to hurt your feelings at all. The extroverts are natural, natural team builders, and they like to involve people, and it's best to work with them through talking with them and meeting with them rather than just writing things to them. I mean, they will read their mail, but you're going to have a lot better results if you follow up with a phone call. The extrovert is a person that is often a blue-sky person in that they, they talk the future as if it was present, and they talk it with such enthusiasm it sounds like it's going to happen any minute. So, again, don't be distracted by that. Now, if the E trait's below the line, the person's just more of a private person. They like to work with people, but in smaller numbers. And it's easier if you'll get with them one-to-one. -one. The focus, again, of the extrovert is people and teamwork. And the style of communication the extrovert has is interaction. Now, by interaction, we don't mean just you listening to the extrovert. You have to participate. Because if you just stand and listen to them, sometimes they think you don't care, and they just keep repeating themselves until they think you've got it. So you need to jump in. And your two interactive words are let's and we. You're not interrupting or being rude when you participate with the interactive interaction uh, with the extrovert. The extrovert, uh, once, you're, once they're comfortable with you, you're going to find it easy to recognize them because they're going to be very outgoing. 
So if you have extroverted children, you know it right now. They're the child that often doesn't keep quiet, even from birth. They were making noises even before they could talk, it seems. And the, usually the teacher is saying that they're very outgoing during the class, which would indicate they must be comfortable within the classroom. The best way to get into agreement with the extrovert is meet and discuss, and then to stay in agreement, you've got to stay in touch. Sometimes it's, it's easy to get into agreement with the extrovert, but sometimes it's staying in agreement that's, uh, that's so important, and the only way to do that is to have, give them some feedback, so stay in touch. Now, if we're going to review the, the PACE trait, the, the PACE person is a person that often has been misunderstood by some people because it's kind of hard to figure out how they're making a decision. Everybody is decisive in their own way. Uh, we can look to four different presidents in, in, in our history, in fact, in just in the recent past, and we'll see they all have four different decision traits. But the paced person, the way they go about deciding, is focused on timing and harmony and cooperation. We use blue for the color code because these people come across in a calm, relaxed, and steady way, and blue often suggests calmness. These people are, are people that are good listeners, and when we take the time to listen to them, they feel that we are willing to consider their ideas. But if we don't take the time to listen to them, they often withhold their ideas until there's uh, a better chance of, of uh, getting into agreement. These people are natural referees. They hate confrontation. So when we approach them, it's best to approach them in a calm, relaxed way and ask for their opinion and then take the time to listen and then to get into agreement as to when things need to be accomplished. The secret to working effectively with PACE people is you have to get into their calendar and you have to get into agreement as to, as to the timing. And the earlier you get with them, the better. They hate people coming to them always at the last minute and demanding that things be done. And sometimes PACE people have said to us that they think people take them for granted. It's not that people often are trying to. It's just that the PACE person is naturally cooperative and they feel, well, they know, well, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. So... When you're needing help from the PACE person at the last minute, it's often wise to recognize that you know they're busy and say it and mean it sincerely so that they know that you're just not trying to just push one more thing onto them. They'll try to find a way to try to help you if possible. These people are natural athletes, so a lot of our professional athletes have been observed of this temperament. Someone that is very easygoing and relaxed off the field, course and while they're doing their job they're focused on what they're doing and pace has nothing to do with with speed in terms of being slow many times pace people walk in a relaxed and calm way but as you can see the athlete and the basketball player and the football player are anything but slow but often they have this pace trait if your pace traits below the line it means that you're an urgent person and you tend to rush and you tend to hurry as you're trying to accomplish things and what urgency does is it magnifies your dominant trait it's so much easier to see your, your directness if you're an urgent direct person or if you're an urgent extroverted person or if you're even an urgent structured person. So urgency is going to make the dominant trait more vivid and easier to recognize. Urgency of itself is not something we're going to appeal to. Again, we'll appeal to the, the high trait that the person has in, the, in their graph. The paced person, one of the ways, that, going back to that trait for a moment, they are misunderstood is they look at times like they're not making an effort when they actually are. One paced person described himself as like the duck on the lake. And out there on the lake, it looks like nothing's happening. It looks like the wind's blowing the duck across the lake. But under the water, under the water, the duck is making a considerable effort to get across the lake. The paced person also parallels nature. Everything in your garden is paced. If you go out and look at the rose bush and you see it has buds, and then look at it a few hours later and it has buds, and that evening it has buds, it would be silly to think the rose bush isn't doing anything. 
It's making an effort. It's, it's doing it in such a steady, relaxed way you can't even observe it. The next day when it blooms, it's not that it got lucky. It, it's making that effort just like the, the pace person's making the effort. Sometimes we think pace people have been lucky when things happen for them that's good, but they're following their plan in a steady way. So getting into agreement with the pace person, we want to get with them early and in a calm way and ask for their cooperation and get an agreement as to when. And it's easy to recognize these people because wherever you see them, they look relaxed and calm. They look relaxed and calm even when they're not comfortable with you. And that's one of the ways you've often misunderstood the paced person. You haven't known that they were aggravated when they were because they want harmony. So if you want to know where you stand, just ask for their opinion in a calm way, and they'll generally tell you. Now the fourth trait we'll look at is the structured person. The structured person, the color code is yellow because these people are careful and cautious and perfectionistic. So think of yellow or yellow gold as someone that is where caution is indicated. If you go to a traffic light and you see a blinking yellow light, or if you see a, uh, go to a motorsports race and they put out a yellow flag, it always indicates caution. And these people, the focus is to be right. They hate to make mistakes, and they go out of their way to check things before they, before they go forward. So in, in suggesting things to structured people, it's important to give them as much evidence and facts as possible, and they prefer to see it in writing. In fact, the trademark of the structured person is paper. These people often have paper in front of them, beside them, above them, and beneath them because they are looking for ways to gather information to make sure things are in place. So if you approach the structured person with your information in writing, then it's going to make it a lot easier for them to listen to your suggestion. But they don't necessarily agree with you right away because they still need to check the information, and it's no affront to you at all. It just means that they're just wanting to make sure it's the right thing. Six steps that we suggest that you follow in suggesting change to structured people. You state your expectations, and you make a positive statement that you know it's the right thing to do, and let them ask their questions. And generally the question they're going to have is why. Now, that is not a challenge to your suggestion. It's just they want to know why you think it's right, because whatever they're doing now, it's right or they wouldn't be doing it. And then you need to repeat your expectations after you answer their questions just to come back to the central focus, follow up with things in writing, and make yourself available for further questions. A structured person, when you suggest things to them, sometimes, though, they're going to take the suggestion as if it was criticism, even though it never was intended to sound this way. What the suggestion seems to imply is that what they've been doing is wrong. Well, the focus of their life is to be right. And if you suggest to the structured person they're wrong, their defense system immediately comes up. Defensiveness always results when people feel criticized, and this goes for all temperament traits, whether you're direct, extroverted, pace, or structured. If you can think of defensiveness like being in an alley and someone coming through the alley throwing rocks at you and you have to protect yourself from the attack and you grab whatever is handy, maybe a garbage can lid, to keep the rocks off of you, well, you're not trying to get along with the person in the alley when you have to defend yourself from their behavior. And the same thing in relationships. The minute we go on the defensive, it's very hard to receive the other person's comment in a constructive way. So with a structured person, if we are suggesting things and they think we're implying they're wrong, that is going against their temperament. It's almost like saying to the direct person, you need to be out of control, or the extrovert, you shouldn't talk to someone, or to the pace person, really what you need is more pressure in your life. Those are all contradictory statements. So with a structured person, the best way to start it off with is I know you're trying to do it right. It's just the method we're using, it didn't seem to work this time. See, the structured person goes by the book. So when they make a mistake, it's not that they made a mistake, it's the book was wrong. So if we'll get our focus on the book, it's a lot easier for them to listen to our, our ideas. If your structure trait's below the line, it just means that you're flexible and independent and you like to delegate the details to others. But you're still good with details, but that's not what makes you good with details. Your high trait, your dominant trait, that's where most of your motivation comes from. 
So direct people are good with details because it helps them accomplish results. And extroverts are good with details because it helps them solve problems through people. And pace people are good with details because it helps them stay on schedule. And structure people are good with details because they'd rather do it themselves anyway. Now, if your structure trace below the line, it just means you're willing to adjust the system. And if you're a high D and a low S, sometimes you go by the philosophy, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission. Sometimes you just go ahead and do it, and if it doesn't work, you say, well, forgive me. Let's try it a different way next time. Each of the temperament traits, in their own right, are perfect, are correct, are suitable, and they're unto the individual. It's just that we have a tendency to hear people our own ways. How many times have you said to yourself, it's not so much, you know, what he said, it's how he said it that irritated me. Well, the reality of that statement is it's not really how he said it that irritated you, it's how you heard it. We'll hear things one of two ways. We'll hear things either constructively or critically. We'll hear things either through the focus of ourself or we'll hear things because of what's real, because of why the other person said it. We have to be careful how we hear things. If we'll get our focus on the other person, it makes it a lot easier for us to hear things correctly and makes it easier to work with the other person. Now, what makes the MBS approach unique and different than other approaches is because it's based on relationship principles that work. 17 principles that were covered in depth during your training. And if you'll review these principles, I think you'll find that if you'll practice these and consider these, it'll make it a lot easier to work not only with people in your family, but people at work. I want to touch on just uh, uh, several of them, just as a highlight. Number one, to be able to communicate and understand others, we must, again, listen to them from their point of view. So understanding the temperament of the other person puts you in a position to do this. The second one is we need to be in control of our own temperament. If we're not in control of our temperament, it's very difficult for us to be effective. In fact, we end up with a lot of frustration and stress and anxiety in our life. Number seven is when we lose our focus, we take other people's comments in a personal way. Again, it's why it's important to keep our focus on the other person, particularly in marriage. If you're married, you've discovered that the person you're married to is different than you are. In fact, our studies show that 95% of the time, at least one of the temperament traits are different. Have you noticed that there's a difference between courtship and marriage? If you think about it, what is the difference? Well, the difference is focus. In courtship, where was your focus? Well, it's on the other person. You know, flowers, uh, can I get the door? I mean, where would you like to go to dinner? Married life? Well, get in the car. What's for dinner? Did you get the laundry? We lost our focus. If you're willing to restore your focus on the other person, you'd be amazed at how the quality of that relation improves and quickly. Relationship principle number eight is maturity is the ability and the willingness to consider someone beside yourself. And if you think about it, the more mature people that you know in your life are less selfish people. So getting our focus on the other person causes us to come across in a mature way. Number nine is one of the secrets to making this whole approach work. It only takes one to make the effort for a relationship to improve. And this is the power of MBS. When you're working with another person, if you want to see the relationship improve, figure out the right way to work with them and then begin to do it. Many times we work with other people the way we would like to be worked with ourselves. Well, that works fine with people that are like us, but people that are not like us, we have to figure out their way and treat them their way for that relationship to improve. And that leads us to principle number 10. The basic principle in free enterprise is when you give, you'll receive. Well, again, we've been giving a lot, but how have we been giving? Mostly our own way. We need to be giving to other people the way they want to be given to. When we do that with our customers, we make the sale. We do that with our spouse, we have harmony in our marriage. And we do that at work, we find that productivity increases. Number 13, it's not how they said it, it's how you heard it. Again, let's be careful how we hear things, and we do that by keeping our focus on the other person's point of view. And the last principle there, number 17, visibility creates accountability and produces results. By that we mean if you keep the profile of someone else out in front of you where you can see it, if you can stay focused on their dominant trait, 
It will not be long until you're hearing them correctly and your ability to work with them will dramatically improve. Now, the only way you're going to know this is to do it. Don't just try it. Trying doesn't work. Doing is what works. You say to the preacher, well, I'll try. When he asks, will you take this woman to be your lawful wedded wife or take this man to be your lawful wedded husband, that will not work. What works is doing. So if you will put the profile out where it can be seen and stay focused on it for a period of time, you'll be amazed how quickly you'll find yourself working with that person in a more effective way. That's a challenge. Take the training that you've learned, these basic traits. Now's the time to apply what you've learned. If you'll review this from time to time, we found that people that listen again and again to some of the basic principles and some of the basic description of the temperament traits continue to pick up new ideas.